Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. This is part 28 in our 3,726 part series where we choose a movie at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do a little research, and then tell you what we thought and learned. So we have one major rule for the podcast. We must watch whatever movie we randomly select as long as neither of us have seen it. There are a couple other rules that will invoke as needed, otherwise... Uh, feel free to look them up on our website. Last time we watched uh, The Circle, a movie from Iran about uh, the plight of women there, especially single women. Yeah. It's pretty miserable. Yeah. The movie, not so much. We really enjoyed it. It wasn't a half-a-minute movie, but it was very, very well done and very effective. Yeah, really interestingly put together, for sure. So... We've been on a pretty good streak lately of movies that we've been giving positive ratings to, so I feel like we're due for some piece of garbage. Oh, don't jinx us. And it's my turn to pick, so uh, like it, let me just double down on the jinxing here, since I have tended to pick the worst movies we've, we've seen so far. More often than not. More often than you have, for yeah. sure. So that's that's just my the role that I was born to play. Yep. The, <laughs> the shitty movie selector. <laughs> and... That being said, let's get right down to it and Woo! see what piece of trash I'm going to pick. All right. All right. Close your eyes. Okay, eyes are closed. Stop. You got Destry Rides Again. Okay. Another Western. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, this is from 1939. Oh, wow. It's also got James Stewart. Wow. Yeah. Directed by George Marshall. Starring James Stewart, Brian Donlevy, Irene Hervey, Marlena Dietrich, Misha R, and Charles Winnegar. You almost got Die Hard, which oh. would have been pretty funny, because we were just talking about how I'd never seen it. Yeah, neither of us. Someone has seen Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. I don't even know that it's the worst Die Hard movie anymore. I don't think it is, from what I understand, but huh. yeah. Alright. I saw that when we accidentally got a free weekend of HBO. And that, <laughs> that was a movie that they were playing repeatedly, so it's like, alright, Die Hard with a Vengeance watch this anytime i want now cool yeah awesome diehard sequels aside i'll go ahead and read the description for destry rides again the story of destry the peace-loving deputy sheriff created by max brand has been made many times but stewart created the definitive portrayal of the lawman who liked to keep his gun holstered easygoing charming drawling jokes while disarming violent situations he's the nice guy with nerves of steel and a promise to keep and the rough-and-tumble town of Bottleneck isn't going to make it easy on him. Dietrich, who copped top billing, proved that she, too, was a natural comic, spoofing her exotic image as a spirited saloon singer. She belts out the boys in the back room in one highlight. Marshall takes a gentle hand to the whole thing, making a comedy that spoofs cliches without becoming a parody. Don Levy is the town heavy, and Hour is unforgettable as the wannabe gunfighter, whose dreams of shootout glory are momentarily put on hold when his wife hides his pants. One of the best-loved comic westerns. Okay, uh, that sounds good. I mean, we've had pretty good luck with all the westerns. Yeah, yeah, we've done pretty well western-wise. And a, a comic scene where, a comedic scene where a wife hides uh, her husband's pants. I mean, who here is a husband who hasn't been in that situation, right, fellas? Wives hiding your pants all the time. Did you hear the sound of Andrew high-fiving the air? Nobody reaching back no. to high-five him. The saddest silence. Even the cat said no to that. No loyalty in this house. <laughs> okay, so uh, we are going to watch Destry Rides again. We will be back briefly with our thoughts and opinions after this musical interview. With our pants on. 
Alright, uh, we're, we're back. To get, get the lead in set up before Tara can go rah, again. Like she was doing something like that. Trying to throw me off. Lies, all lies. No, the God's honest lie. truth. Yeah, that's true. Stanley knows. Stanley, what do you have to say we have, about you know, it? Actually, no, it's recorded. I'm going <laughs> to... Don't you dare. The court case yeah, that this episode is going to... Yeah, the, the ensuing court case. Yeah. Yep. Hope you like the podcast, guys. It's over with now. This is a very contentious episode. Uh, I apologize for my laughter being so weird. This has been like the worst winter for us yeah. being sickly. Yeah. There's been low-level sickness almost constantly. Yeah, for the first three months, basically. We've both been on and off sick, mostly on. I'll try not to laugh too much. Okay. So, Destry rides again. But did he, though? But did he? But not, did he? Not Really? Not. I mean, he well, technically rides a thing, but it's not. Yeah, he wrote a few asses. The <laughs> world's Just, first gay porn. Yeah, <laughs> very progressive for 1939. Um, there was probably gay porn before 1939. I'm sure there was. Yeah. Uh, he can look at some ancient Greek. The first pottery. Hollywood, Hollywood uh, <laughs> produced gay porns. <laughs> I guess let's just do our rating and get into it. So we have our patented five-point rating scale, which goes in order from worst to best. Don't watch. Maybe don't watch. Eh. Maybe watch. And the pinnacle of all movie ratings, don't not watch. And so on the count of three, we will simultaneously give our rating. One, two, three... Maybe and... don't watch. Little little divided on this, although I don't think by a whole lot. Like I was Yeah. Wavering towards eh, but I think towards the end I'm just like, no, I do not like this movie very much. Um It was kind of entertaining. We both are not fans of Marlena Dietrich's singing. Yeah. Apparently that was like a big thing at the time. like some of the songs became Really popular. It was uh, Madeline Kahn's inspiration for her character yeah. in Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles yeah. So I think, if anything, I would recommend people to, instead of seeing Destry Rides again, maybe just watch Blazing Saddles. A, a solid recommendation. I mean, it's it's a competent movie. There's nothing technically wrong with it. And it, it's a movie that's like really... Very well regarded. Well regarded, yeah, yeah in general. Yeah, it's in the, I think the... It was the United States National Film Registry uh, okay, oh. by the Library of Congress. So yeah, I mean, it's a movie that people oh. tend to feel is worthwhile. A lot of people like it, yeah. and I'm not going to knock you for liking it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not, I guess, our cup of tea. No, and like I like James Stewart. I had the for high sure. expectations going into it. I'm like coming off the high of The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. I'm like, all right, I'm down for another James uh, Stewart. James Stewart Western. Western. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was pretty excited. Yeah, but uh, as it seems to be the case with movies that I get excited about, it's like, oh, this was not... What I was hoping it would be. It's supposed to be a comedy, but the humor was pretty broad and it didn't really do much for me. Anyway. Yeah, not really our exactly our sense of humor. Anyway. Whatever. But yeah, it was a big success. It was a very popular movie. So, so. let us tell you why we thought it sucked. <laughs> Shall we just kind of go through the plot? Yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Yep. Uh, so the movie opens up in the saloon there, and it, it opens up promisingly enough because it's just like it, kind of the uh, anarchic saloon scene that you would expect in the Wild West, just people firing their guns wildly and raucous and stuff. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's yeah, that seems fine. This I'm, is fine. Yeah, legit. 
And uh, then it gets into kind of a lengthy poker playing scene. So there's this guy who is playing poker with Kent, who is... Sort of like the town badass. Yeah. badass. He's kind of running the town to an extent, and he's trying to getting property from people around the area. And we find out the way that he's getting this property is by cheating people at playing poker with the, the aid of... His Marlena, girlfriend. Yeah, Merlina Detroit. Frenchie. Uh, she, she kind of like distracts the people that he's trying to con out of uh, the, their land by being all womanly. And, you know, spilling coffee on their lap. So she's an accomplice in all this. And we see this take place with a guy like he they're playing cards and and Kent is like, well, maybe you should bet more money on this hand. And that seems like don't do that. People, if somebody, if you're in a wager with somebody and they suggest that you bet more money, that's maybe a sign that you should not do that. Well, and and it wasn't because Kent had a good hand either, because the dude would have legitimately won. He had two aces, but here comes Frenchie, and as mentioned, she spills coffee on him and steals one of the aces. Swaps it out for a two, and so he's like, well, I, I, win, I won this hand. And they're like, well, no, you didn't, because you only have two aces instead of three. So we'll be taking your ranch and your land and all that now and get out. He's obviously upset, uh-huh. and uh, he went and grabbed a rifle and was about to head back in to shoot Kent. And the town sheriff convinces the guy, hey, don't go in and shoot up Kent. I'm going to go take care of it. You head home. Don't worry about it. And so Keo goes in and confronts Kent, and uh, they kill him. Yeah, we just hear gunshots from off screen, and then they came out and they're like, "Oh, the uh, the sheriff uh, had to go away permanently. He had to permanently leave town." Yeah. And so the mayor, who's in on all this, uh, and who spends a lot of the movie playing checkers against himself, just plays in, in the in the saloon playing checkers in a top hat. So the mayor's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna name a new sheriff," and he names the town drunk, thinking it will be very easy to coerce him, because um, he's just a bumbling alcoholic. Yeah, and he's like playing a banjo during one of Marlene Dietrich's uh, songs that she sings early in the movie, and also, like, what? Every movie back then, did it have to have a musical number in it? Oh, this one had, like, three musical numbers. Like, why, when did that stop happening? Like, why Why were we denied a musical number in the blob or something? That's what I want to know. What could have been? What could have been? Sad. So this guy, Washington Dimsdale, the banjo-playing town drunk, is named Sheriff. And immediately Washington's like... You know what? I'm going to quit drinking. I used to be the deputy to this guy, Sheriff Destry, who was amazing. And you guys are going to be sorry or whatever. I'm going to clean this place shit up. Shape. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get myself a deputy. This Destry guy I told you about his son is around and he cleaned up the town of Tombstone. So you guys get ready. He's going to come into town and we're going to clean up Bottleneck. And nobody takes him seriously. Because he's a laughing stock. Uh, and then we see Destry Jr., technically. Yeah, technically Destry Jr. Riding into town uh, on a wagon. In a stagecoach. Stagecoach. He sat into town. He's, yeah. Sat, <laughs> Destry sat again. Um, <laughs> he's coming into town with this other couple, brother and sister. And the, the other dude is very ready to shoot people up. Very, very quick to aggressive. anger. Yeah. 
And Destro Jr. is like, I'm not uh, a fan of, of shooting people or gunplay. I whittle... Uh, napkin holders. Napkin rings, yeah. Napkin that's, rings. That's how I deal with my aggression. So they get into town and Destro gets out and the, he's kind of quickly m- made uh, to be an equally much of a, a laughing stock because he's holding a parasol for the, the lady and carrying her canary in a cage. And so everybody in town just thinks that he's this really dainty fellow. A dainty dandy. A foppish dandy. And that impression of him is not really improved any when they realize that uh, he doesn't want to carry any guns. Like, yeah. Kent confronts him in a saloon and is like, I get the guns of every deputy sheriff that comes into this town. And Destry's like, well, you're not going to get mine. And, and everybody at first is like, whoa. Yeah. And and then Kent's taking a front at this. And Destry Jr. is like, because I don't have any. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. And then everybody just starts picking on him. Frenchie gives him a mop and bucket because... That's all he's going to clean up in yeah. this town. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, another woman in town runs into the saloon to uh, beat up Frenchie. Because Frenchie was playing this other woman's husband at poker and bet him his pants and won and she took this guy's pants. And so the wife is pissed. Mrs. Callahan. Her previous husband had died, and so she's making her new husband... Go by his name? Yeah, this Russian guy, Boris, go by his name and... And look at upon his painting that she has hanging over their bed. Like, look upon his features. His manly, manly features. So Boris has his pants stolen off of him. And I guess there's only, like, three pairs of pants in the town. Yeah, there's, like, three pairs of pants in this entire town. Because he he has to go (laughs) pantsless, and he's... Throughout the movie, Boris is, like, constantly trying to steal other people's pants away yeah. from them which is another well and it wasn't kind of clear to me if, if it was just like he had one pair of pants or if mrs callahan took all of his pants away so he couldn't leave them play poker which I, I considered but in any case this guy has no pants he has no pants his wife is pissed so she goes into the saloon and engages frenchie in, in a brawl and so there's this uh lengthy very very lengthy scene where they're beating the crap out of each other absolutely pummeling each other and then, ha, 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 here comes Destry Jr. And he uh, pours his bucket of water over the two of them. So he breaks up the fight and Frenchie is super pissed off when she starts throwing shit at him. She pulls a gun on him and then she starts throwing shit at him. Yeah. And after he tries to calm her down and is like brandishing a chair at her. Yeah. And, and so there's like this other lengthy scene where she's attacking him, constantly throwing stuff at him. And uh, then eventually he's like, oh, I'm just going to get out of here because this is... Not going well. So he goes back to the, the sheriff's office and the newly coined sheriff is just like, you got to get out of here. We'll get you on a train to get out of here because you're not going to last in this town the way things are going. If you're not going to use guns to deal with the problems we have here, then there's there's no point in having you here. While they're talking about this, this kid comes running into the sheriff's uh, office and he's telling them like, there's, there's a gunfight, like uh, Kent and his goons are shooting up my, my parents' ranch, and it's the, the ranch that Ken had won at the very beginning of the movie. And so the sheriff and Destry Jr. right out there. Ken's like, look, I've got this paper showing that this is my property now, so uh, it's legally mine. And Destry is like, eh, fair enough, all right, I'm going to kick this family out because the, they no longer have the legal right to this property. And they don't take it very well. It shows that uh, he's a really a man of the law to the, the letter of the law. Kent loves it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, just, oh, he's my bud now. 
Yeah, and Ken, like the the actor that plays Kent does a real good job because he seems like a real dirtbag. Totally. Just like real slimy smile on his face all the time. Very convincing that he's a creep. They hand the property over and they they tell the family, we'll find a place for you in town and we'll figure this out. Don't worry. And the reason Kent wants it so bad is because it's kind of like the the gateway, right? That a yeah. lot of cattle has to pass through. So he's, he wants to fleece these cattle ranchers. One of which is the guy that Destry Jr. rode into town with. The aggressive brother. So anyway, Destry is kind of trying to figure out what he can do to take down Kent. And somehow he pieces together, just like talking to people, that the previous sheriff, Keo, was murdered. He didn't leave town of his own accord. He's dead somewhere. And so he's talking to Sheriff Dimsdale and he's like, if we can find this dead body, we've got Kent. We'll have proof. And, And then like, it's a done deal. So what they do is set up a sting operation, essentially, where Destry goes into the saloon and he's, like, making comments as if he knows where the body is. And that gets Kent a little nervous and he gets one of his goons, he takes him aside and is like, go check the body, make sure we still have it. This goon takes off and what he doesn't realize is that Dimsdale and Destry had this other guy, Boris, ready to tail him. So Boris tails this goon and sees where the body is. And so they can use that to put this goon in jail. And they're just tightening the noose around Kent. So like, we're going to take him to trial and figure out exactly what happened here. And then at some point while this is happening, Destry goes to see Frenchie again to try to make amends and apologize. And he just like kind of immediately wins her over yeah they're just kind of like suddenly in love with each other yeah he he's like you know you look good without all that makeup on and she does have a lot of makeup on to be she fair. does yeah and then that just wins her heart just that's that's all it took that's all it took just someone to tell her to take all her fucking makeup off yeah so Frenchie is now kind of on his side trying to break off from kent and they throw kent's goon in jail and the, the at first the mayor is like well i'm gonna preside over this trial but Destry and Dimsdale arranged to have a proper federal judge come in to run the trial, and... Everybody is freaked out at that. By everybody, I mean Kent and his gang. Yes. Eventually, this leads to a confrontation between Kent and his goons, and then a lot of other members of the town who are kind of sick of Kent's shit. The, these two sides are facing off, they're shooting guns at each other, and then uh, it's Frenchie, right? Yeah, Frenchie. Who's like... You know, we got to put an end to this. And so she leads a, a mob of women down right into the middle of the confrontation between the, the other two groups. And the women just, like, beat the shit out of the guys on both yeah, sides, Yeah, they basically. all have, like, these large wooden sticks, and they're just, like, beating the crap out of all these idiots. And so th- th- that is one thing that I liked in the movie. That, yes, that, that, was, was, that was legitimately a good scene. Yeah. That was entertaining. Yeah, and then... Then, um... Kent is trying to find Destry amongst the crowd so he can just shoot him. There's so much chaos going off. Like, everybody in this town is fighting. It's just the entire town of Bottleneck is a giant brawl. Destry's in the saloon downstairs, and Kent is upstairs looking at him over this banister. And Frenchie happens to notice Kent and wants to try and warn Destry because she's in love with him. And so she's trying to make her way through the brawl to Destry and then finally manages to get to him right as Kent shoots. That bullet ends up hitting Frenchie and uh, Destry's fine, grabs a gun. And just shoots Kent. Yeah, just shoots him and like, that's basically it. And then 
the infant she kissed as she died as she's dying yeah she wiped the lipstick off of her face and then destry kisses her and that at that same moment she dies yeah oh romance yeah woman wipe off your makeup with your last dying breath so i can kiss you yeah <laughs> so messed up yeah just and then like the the tone of the movie immediately shifts to like this jolly little tune and it's just like oh, and the dimsdale dies yeah like the the goons go and, and kill dimsdale so that's kind of what precipitates the fight between the two games yeah 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 because like. they killed dimsdale yeah um so destry is sheriff now destry sheriff and he's like buddies with the kid whose dad had lost his ranch in that crooked poker game at the beginning of the movie. So it's like Destry and this kid going through town being buds. Whitlin. Whitlin away on their napkin rings. And then there's like a commotion at the uh, the house of the Callahans. Like yeah, Boris. the Callahans, Boris and Mrs. Callahan. Yeah, and so like they're like, oh, we gotta... We're gonna get in there and see what's happening. It sounds like there's, you know... There's a doings afoot. Violence is gonna happen. And so they, they bust in, and then we just see that Boris is, like, smashing the painting of her ex-husband. It's like, no, I'm my own man. Here, a woman, and he puts up... He's got this, like, big painting of himself yeah. now. And he puts it up on the wall, and he's like, gaze upon his features. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. The end. The end. <laughs> and then the weirdest part, not the weirdest part, but a very, a very weird part is that like Destry and the sister of the... Oh yeah, the sister from the from the stagecoach yeah, at the beginning. They, they're like walking out of the bedroom where Boris and his wife are doing whatever. Like, probably doing, doing it. it. Yeah, just like, <laughs> probably doing it. Like the last bit of the movie is him like talking to her a little bit and then they start rolling credits and you can see that they're, they're still, still having talking. A, yeah, they're still having a conversation that's like there's music playing so it's like so that conversation was not important i guess i just like decided to end it like yeah so it's like you see all the names going up and the credits and they're just like they're talking they're and so, acting at each other yeah, it's like and just, they're just like the typical sort of like end music from yeah. 1939. Yeah, like you couldn't have had another shot to like end a show. It couldn't have just been like a still shot. But yeah, fuck it, that's it. Just fuck roll it. credits. We're good. Um, we don't want to think of another end scene. Yeah, I mean it's funny, but it's just like what? <laughs> so I mean, there are a couple of like really weird quirks like that about the movie, which helped make it a little bit more entertaining. Yeah, but not enough to save the whole thing for us. Yeah, like the other bartender being uh, aghast at the prospect of doing his job. Oh, yeah! He's like saying it as if he's upset about that. Yeah, it's like, did you not understand Dude, what a bartender, bartender does? Like, yeah, yeah, it's monotonous. Like, uh, cocktails haven't been invented yet, or they maybe were just being invented right around right. then. But yeah, that's basically what you do: you pour some liquor or beer. Yeah, and sorry. that's it. Nobody's holding the gun to I'm your sorry head. Sorry that you're getting paid. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that that's... was one of the other things that bothered me. Is like he would just be pouring and slinging drinks, and. It was so chaotic. How did he ever get paid properly? Yeah. Or keep tabs of what... Well, they're an honorable town. I it mean, was there's a, no... Obviously, Bottleneck was an honorable town full of upright citizens. Yes. That was that was Destry. He rode or something. He rode again. Except he never rode in the first place. He never rode in the first place. So, yeah. I mean, so 
there was a movie back in 1932 with the same title. And, the, and and before that, there was a book. Yeah, so the movie is based on this book by this guy, Max Brand, who was born in Seattle, Seattle native. There was a book, and then there's a movie in 1932, and then there's this movie in 1939, and then there's a remake of this movie in 1954 by... The same director, George Marshall, he's basically did a shot-for-shot remake, but in color and with less interesting actors. So, you know, throughout the movie, there there's a big deal made of the fact that Destry doesn't want to use guns to resolve the issue. But he does, at the end. I mean, he shoots Kent with a gun, so yeah. that kind of undermines that whole... That whole premise. Yeah. And then, as it turns out, in the book, and I guess in the original movie... Destry shoots people all the fucking time. He's like, like he, he loves God, shooting. crazy. He loves shooting. He loves shooting people. And they, they make a big deal in this movie of Destry not wanting to use his guns because his father was shot in the back and Sheriff Dimsdale is shot in the back. And in the book, he shoots his nemesis in the back. They totally did a complete 180 on the, the message the of the original yeah. book. Well, and I saw that maybe part of that was to do with the time. So it was... As we've stated before, this was released in 1939, and America was, at that time, not really participating in World War II, and they were trying to be a pacifist, and, you know, we will solve things, but we don't have to solve them through violence. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was kind of, people said, I guess, like in hindsight, maybe it was kind of in alignment with that sort of sentiment at the time. Yeah. But that might be giving a little bit more credit than is due. I, I mean, it makes sense. I, I think I saw something that said that Marlene Dietrich, like this was her first movie that she made as an American citizen. She fled Germany because she saw that shit was getting really bad over there. And, right. And and the Germans asked her to come back so she could make films for the Third Reich. And she's like, uh, no. And immediately tried to get her citizenship. So she did. And um, so I think one of her, was it like one of her friends said like you should she didn't want to do this movie and the friend was like this will help you seem more american and marlena was convinced to do it because she wanted to warn americans basically about yeah. the nazis yeah so i mean there's that that aspect which is you know admirable very admirable yeah part of the reason why this movie is so different from the source material is because this maybe was not originally intended to be a continuation of this Destry character. The Like, the original name of the movie uh, was going to be The Man from Montana. And then right. later they changed it to Destry Rides Again. And it was weird, like, when we were watching it, we noticed, like, in the opening credits that uh, the, the movie was referenced as being... Suggested su- by... Suggested by the, the book. <laughs> Destry Rides Again, or, like, suggested by? What does that mean? And it's like, oh. okay, yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> Very weird. It's so it's like, like they're trying to get this hype of being associated with a book and maybe like an older version of a movie, but without actually being a remake or adaptation of any of those things. Like were they rationing titles too? It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta conserve our, t- our titles. We, like, we need to hold on to Man from Montana. We might have something really good for that later. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> um. Yeah, so I guess just a couple other things really quick. The translation of the French title for this movie uh, uh, is Woman or Demon. Which <laughs> I, is a very bizarre name yeah, for like, this movie. Uh, I, mean, I, guess I it, mean, I guess it's one way of interpreting Frenchie. <laughs> what do they call her in the other French version, I wonder? <laughs> like, Demon? Yeah. <laughs> bizarre. Uh, so, the catfight scene that took place between Frenchie and Mrs. Callahan... 
So there were no stunt doubles used and there wasn't really any directions given. So they basically actually pummeled each other. Yeah. And Marlena Dietrich was really strong. And so Una Merkel talked later about being completely covered in bruises from head to toe. And also at, at one point during the shooting, Dietrich stomped on one of Una's feet with her heel on. And apparently those toes never had toenails grow back after that. So I'm sure that was fun. So you know how it ends with uh, Jimmy Stewart's character Destry pouring a bucket of water on them? Well, good news is they got to have buckets of water poured on them for hours so they could get the close-up shots of the scene and do a bunch of promotional photos. So it was like them sitting there for hours getting bucket after bucket of cold water thrown on them. Yeah. And I'm sure they didn't get paid that well. Yeah, like that early on in, <laughs> oh my God. in Hollywood. Yeah, so Dustry rides again. Meh. Meh. Not really recommended. Yeah. Indifferent, I mean, watch indifferent, indifferent at best. Indifferent at best. You know, if you like it, that's great. If it sounds at all interesting, it's not. watch it if you want. Um, no, if do you not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I say you are not allowed to watch it. You the movie. said maybe don't watch. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> do with this information what you will. We can't stop you. We can try, but we can't stop you. Yeah. Let's, so uh, let's have a. Uh, have a. Seamless transition. Into talking about Dave, Dave Made a Maze. Dave Made a Maze. Which is a pretty good, low-budget, sort of horror-ish fantasy movie that came out pretty Surreal. recently. Surreal, yeah. Kind of comedy. Com- yeah, Definitely comedic. comedic. So it's it's about this guy, Dave, and his girlfriend. And uh, his girlfriend comes home to their apartment and finds out that Dave, who is kind of... Not known for finishing things or following through. Kind of aimless also. Yeah. He's uh, built a maze in in the apartment, and it's like a big cardboard construction. And it, it's pretty elaborate looking, like it's got smoke billowing out of it and uh, lights and stuff, so it's, it's... There's like a fan built in. Yeah. And so she's like, get out of there. And he's like, I can't. I can't. I'm actually lost. Yeah. And, and he's like, but don't come in here. It's not finished. You don't come in here. Yeah. So she invites a bunch of people over to try to figure out what to do, like how to get him out of there. And eventually a group of them decide that they just have to go in after him despite his objections. And so they go in and it's this crazy ass like house of leaves almost like bigger on the inside than it is the outside type deal where the, the maze is this huge crazy paper crafted cardboard labyrinth yeah super elaborate and so that's really where the bulk of the movie takes place and it's talking about it really isn't going to do it justice it's just like super clever yeah very imaginative and um just really cool visually just the amount of effort so yeah it's a it's low budget but the amount of effort and time it must have taken to build these maze sets was just like astounding to me yeah and um James Urbaniak is in it, and then one of the dudes from OK Go also yeah. is in it. Yeah. And like when I was checking it out at Scarecrow, like the back of the box referred to it as being Labyrinth for Adults, which is pretty high praise, and I saw that, and I'm like, yeah, we'll Maybe. see. Yeah. Labyrinth was pretty... Influential for both of us Yeah, pivotal up. in our, our youths. Yeah. So I was like, well, we'll just see how it pans out. But they're not 
far off. Like, it is, I would say it's not an unfair comparison to make. Yeah, we both liked it a whole bunch. One other thing we wanted to encourage you guys to check out. Um, I know we've talked about Terrace House before, but just want to let everybody know there's a new season out on Netflix. And it is so good. So much better than the last season that was set in Hawaii. Like, the panel even makes a few jokes about how shitty the Hawaii season was. And it's it's a lot better. It's it's really great, actually. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm so excited for more episodes to come out because I want to see what happens. Yeah. With these relationships that are forming. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, if you like pleasant Japanese reality shows that are not super dramatic, but are still engaging and dramatic to, a, to an extent. But just really kind of heartwarming and... Yeah. Fun and relaxing to watch. And if you want to see the most painful date to probably have ever been captured on film, oh, man, it's this, so bad. These these first few episodes have has that for you. Check it out. Check it out. Another thing to check out. Yeah. So uh, if you want to keep tabs on us in the podcast, we've got all of the social medias covered. Our website is TaraAndAndrewVerses.com. You can just Google Tara and Andrew Versus, and you'll probably find our podcast somewhere. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, definitely feel free to tell your friends about it. Trips We'd email. appreciate it. Yeah. Our email address is terraandandrewverses at gmail.com. We, of course, uh, want to thank the great Seattle band Boat for allowing us to use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. We would also like to encourage you to check out a local independent video store. Uh, Scarecrow, if you're in the Seattle area, is top-notch, but there's tons out there, and they could definitely use your support. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, so until next time, catch Catch you later, later, potato potato hags. hags.